Andrea, firstly, thank you so much for joining us once again. For those of you who don't know her, she is a leadership and business coach and the founder of Stone Leadership, which she started to facilitate behavioral change and leadership growth in senior leaders. Before moving in or crossing over towards the executive coaching and leadership development side, Andrea has actually led and collaborated with teams across Asia, Europe, US over the last 20 years. I, I don't know if I missed one of your continents, Andrea. It's okay, it's fine. That'll do. No, people are so interested. I think we should just get into this session. Hey? Yes. Should we? <laughs> Before I share one last fun fact, which is the fact that she's actually been one of our biggest cheerleaders. And we keep bringing her on board time and again for these very enriching sessions. And the recording of her session on managing bias, by the way, is up on the app exclusively for you. Um, and I suggest after the session, you have a look at that. And that's it. Quickly outlining today's flow before I let you leave the session, Andrea. Perfect. The next 15, 20 minutes will be spent on a very brief presentation that she has for us, which will cover the basics of emotional intelligence and also cover the answers to a few questions that most of you had shared for her. Um, we will then be sending you off into the first breakout room for about 10 to 12 minutes. Uh, then you're going to come back for a very quick debriefing to tell all of us how your experience was before we send you off into the second breakout room. Don't worry if you're new to breakout rooms. They're super easy and we will tell you everything that it is uh, that you need to know about them. And I'm going to stop talking and handing over the room to you, Andrea. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And hi everyone, thank you for making time this evening, uh, wherever you are, I saw someone's in Hong Kong. Um, so today's session is really about, it's a really a conversation about emotional intelligence um, at work, is really the focus area, but obviously emotional intelligence doesn't stop when you walk through the door and get home. So hopefully you'll get some tips and um, insights into emotional intelligence and understand how you can make it uh, work for you. And by the way, all the answers were correct. I mean, all the things that we said in, in that poll, uh, making your emotions work for you, tuning into the data in your emotions. And I forget even the third one, <laughs> but uh, all of them were right. So well, well done there. It really is about making your emotions work for you. Um, so this is what we'll cover. What's EQ? Why is it important? And how can we improve EQ? And not in any particular order. And as always with any session that I have and hold, I know you've already shared questions and I'll try and answer those um, as we go through the discussion, but please just call them out, type them in the chat as you go along. If there's anything that isn't clear, just type it in the chat because if it's not clear to you, it's probably not clear to someone else. Um, yeah, so look, I've got a question because I always start with a question. I know you've already had a poll, but when you're making decisions, what do you use more? Do you use your head, your heart, both? And when I say your heart, so it's A, B, or C. When I say your heart, your gut, you know, whatever you call it, um, both, 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 heart. Okay, both, both, heart. Oh, I love how you're taking the long approach to writing the answers. <laughs> both, both, both. Oh, wow, you're very good at typing, ladies. This is fantastic. Gut, feel, head. Okay, both. So a lot of you are saying both. Um, and even if we said our head, or we just said our heart, typically 
we will use both and we'll be conscious of using our head when we're using our head but typically people will always tune into does that feel right and there's a reason for that because there's data in our feelings which is what we're going to talk about in this session um, and one of my favorite definitions of EQ or emotional intelligence is using your thinking and feeling skills to make smarter decisions. You know that we're the product of the decisions we make in life. So we need to be aware of all the signals we're getting and also use our rational brain to best serve us. Okay. Um, so I talk about the inner game of emotional intelligence and obviously the outer game of emotional intelligence. Uh, and I'm giving you this framework so you can pinpoint, oh, where am I stronger? Where am I less strong? Um, so self-awareness, self-management, self-leadership, they're all incredibly important in emotional intelligence. Um, and what do we mean by self-awareness? Am I aware of what I'm feeling and how that's impacting my behavior? So um, it's kind of a starting point. Do I know what I'm feeling right now? Can I name it? Do I know what it triggers me to do, what it causes me to do if I do not engage in self-management? So let me just take you back in time. So the, the first time EQ got popularized was about in 1995 when Daniel Goleman wrote a book called EQ or Emotional Intelligence, Why It Can Matter More Than IQ. Uh, and someone gave me that book as a present. And I thought I was very emotionally intelligent, not knowing what the words emotionally intelligent meant, but having a sense that I'm very aware of my emotions and how other people are feeling. But what I wasn't doing so well a lot of the time was managing my responses. Uh, and specifically, and maybe you can relate to this, um, when I thought someone wouldn't like what I had to say, I typically not say, I don't want them to feel upset. Or I don't want to rub them up the wrong way. Now, that's not being emotionally intelligent. We need to follow through and manage our responses for the betterment of that situation. So I need to think, right, I'm feeling a bit annoyed. I'm feeling a bit frustrated. I'm feeling really demotivated. Why is that? What can I do in this situation? And then actually respond in the way I've decided is the best way to respond. Okay. So this, you may have heard, respond, don't react. This is exactly what that is. If we don't take that time to just think through what's going on here, uh, what's the best thing to do in this situation, we're in danger of reacting. We're hardwired to react. Key is also tuning into my sense of motivation, but most importantly, my own intrinsic motivation, which is very much linked to my values and my sense of finding meaning and purpose in what I'm doing. I need to tune into that, right? Um, not be following someone else's idea of what's best for me, like dangling the carrot or do this, this is best for you, do that. I need to be aware of what I feel is right for me, my own sense of intrinsic motivation and what gives me satisfaction. And a very important part of making uh, decisions and choosing how I want to show up is having that sense of optimism that not the fake optimism that everything's gonna be all right, but the optimism that's grounded in, if I make an effort, I know something positive will come of this. It might not be perfect, but I know I can make a step in the right direction. So that's the self-management part. And the self-leadership is really linked to who am I? Where am I going? Uh, what's the direction I want my life to take? So the values, the purpose, 
the meaningful goals, the challenging goals I set myself so that I grow and develop uh, and become the best I can become. Um, so that's the inner game of emotional intelligence. What's going on with me? Uh, and what, what do I wanna do with that awareness and that data? But it's not just about me, is it? It's just not just about you. It's about us in a context. So the context is us with other people, right? Am I aware of what's going on with other people? Am I able to empathize? And I want to spend a bit of time on empathy here, because from the questions that we received ahead of time, um, I just want to clarify what we mean by empathy. So empathy is about understanding how that other person is viewing this situation. Can I step into their shoes and understand how they might be viewing this? It is not understanding how they feel about it and doing everything I can uh, to support that worldview, <laughs> rather than thinking, where are we both trying to head in this situation? What's the best possible outcome in this situation? So empathy is understanding what that other person might be feeling and taking that into consideration. Still, what's going to be best in this situation? I can understand where they're coming from, uh, but it's not valid. How can I help them see things maybe from my perspective? But the key is, if I can understand how they're seeing this, then I can tune my response to be most effective in that situation and with them. Okay, so this is the complex bit, not just doing things to support other people when it's not for the good of them or the situation. Uh, and let me give you an example because I can, I can um, illustrate this quite well. Um, so I was working with um, a manager in a telecom company and he said, oh, I'm not sure if I'm really working well with this uh, person in my team. You know, I'm, I'm really trying, I, I feel like, you know, I feel I understand them, I'm trying to motivate them. Um, I know they're not really enjoying the work, so I'm trying to give them interesting work to do, um, but they're just not responding. Um, and, you know, I talked about that for a long time, thought, my goodness, he's really trying hard to help this person. And then I said, how long have you been working like this with this person? And he said, 18 months. Right, so in that situation, being overly empathetic and trying super hard to help that person is just, it's becoming ineffective. It's massively ineffective after 18 months. There's a different route that needs to be taken there. So just be conscious that empathy isn't um, subsuming yourself to the other person um, and building relationships. So if we have empathy, we're in a better position to build relationships with people, right? Because they trust us, we know them, we understand how they feel. And positive things come from trust in organizations and in relationships, okay? Um, so we put it all together and we get the complete game of emotional intelligence, right? Um, so that's what we're looking at, but we'll spend more time on the kind of inner game because that's, um, that's typically the, fair, the first area that we need to conquer, okay? So my poll time, sorry, ladies, I didn't, uh, I didn't give you a heads up, but I did say I want you to think about where are you strongest? Right now, if you think, where am I strongest in all these EQ components? Am I very self-aware? 
or am I very good at managing myself or am I super good at self-leadership um, and you know knowing what my values and purpose are am I very very good at empathizing and understanding how other people are feeling or am I really really strong at relationship management you know getting on with others building trust-based relationships so if some people are in uh, typing in the chat which is great and thank you for sharing that um and we've got 54 out of 94 come on everyone uh this is anonymous it's just interesting to see where we where we're strongest because there's actually data i'm going to share with you later on this so you can see if you align or not to the data that we have uh, so neha is strong in three areas uh, two Nehas are strong in three areas. Neha A is ace, very appropriate. And Neha, without any uh, other part to her name, is aid. Okay, so good. So, yeah, recognize where you've got strengths and obviously where you want to improve. Okay, so let's, um, we can all see the results here. Self-awareness. So this does align with data. So we've got a very self-aware bunch of people. I know what I'm feeling. I know what triggers my behavior. Interestingly, self-management and self-leadership are the lowest. Um, okay, so that's where we're gonna spend quite a bit of time. Okay, so I'm gonna close that off. Why is EQ important? Is it important? Um, EQ is important because emotions drive people remember this emotions drive people people drive performance uh, people are not wholly rational hopefully they are somewhat rational people are rational and emotional beings um, so we need to tune into them on both levels to understand how to engage with them effectively so if we can harness people's um, motivation sense of optimism drive passion inspire them then we're going to get higher performing teams yeah um you know if we have expectations that are positive out of people it is subliminally communicated to people you know if i think right um neha's going to do a great job i've got complete confidence in her i'm just taking the neha name and that will show through in how i treat that person and research shows that people rise in level with that expectation uh, it's called the pygmalion effect so have high expectations share those expectations you know discuss them this is what i'm expecting what do you think how does that look to you um can i give you feedback as we go along so you know if you've got a new member of the team so often we don't say look this is this is what good looks this is what great looks um, and can I give you feedback as we go along? Because I know you're new and I want to nurture you and I've got great confidence in you and I know you're going to do a fantastic job. That person is going to respond positively to that kind of, um, uh, you know, expectation that you have of them and the, the words that you're sharing and the emotion that you're sharing with them. OK, um, the, the converse is also true. If we think that person's not going to be very good, then, you know, they're going to fall in line with our expectations. So emotions are very contagious. And I know in a world where we're all sitting remotely, um, it's, a, it's more of a challenge. It absolutely is. Um, but 
It just means we have to try harder. It takes longer. We have to set aside those times to connect wholeheartedly with our team members uh, or our bosses who have to ask for time um, so we can just have a quick chat and update. And some cultures are very, very good at doing this. So some organizational cultures are very, very strong at you know, enforcing almost the coffee chats, the one-on-ones, the skip levels. They're, they're embedded in their systems now. And other organizations aren't so good at that, but that's still not an excuse not to do that for yourself. Okay, so we, we can only control one thing and that's ourselves, right? So we need to make that effort. If we want more of a connection, we need to make that effort. Um, and there was one question about, you know, leadership and what do I do if I'm not a leader? And I know this always sounds very cliched, but we're all leaders, right? We all influence other people. Whether you, whether you recognize it or not, whatever you do will influence someone. Um, so try and make that as positive as, as possible. So I've, I've been on my soapbox a bit, but remember this, if you can tune into people's emotions and turn that into motivation, you will get strong performance. And this is a research from Daniel Goldman. 90% um, of, of the senior level leaders, the star performers were, um, the reason for the star performance was EQ traits. They exhibited strong EQ, great people skills, understanding how to handle a situation. And that's what makes a difference. The more you rise up the ladder, the more the EQ comes into play because you're dealing with people. So I'm just gonna flick through these. Right? This is just kind of a fun part, hopefully fun part. Um, I'm just gonna show you an image and you have to think. I mean, if you're super fast, you might type in the chat, but I don't wanna give you too much time on this. I just wanna see if you're tuned into recognizing emotions, which is core to showing empathy which is core to building strong relationships. So off we go. Um, I'm gonna wait for the first person to type in before moving on. What is this emotion? Yes, I'm moving on. It's happy, 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 happy. Next one, what's this? Oh gosh, there's some super fast typists in this group. Yes, this is absolutely anger, well done. Might be powered up, but I'd be scared of that person if they were coming at me like that. <laughs> Um, what's this one? Mm, absolutely, you can feel that, right? Sadness. What's this one? Worry, worry, confused. Yeah, so this is... The, the bucket term for this is fear. They might be forgetful. I've forgotten something that was really important, so it would be worried, right? <laughs> you might have had a big lunch and feel discomfort, absolutely. Uh, but there's fear. What's this one? Trickier. Do you know what this one is? Oh, very good. You, you guys are tuned into emotions. This is absolutely disgust. A very powerful emotion. Could be hate. Ooh, it's so disgusting. I hate it. Um, but hate's on the anger spectrum, right? And this one? Wonder surprise. Absolutely. We've got the surprise phase. So you're all, um, you're all experts on the recognizing emotion front. So as you said in your intros, you're very self-aware, a lot of you. So this is just something to think about, the Plutchik Wheel of Emotions, which came out in the 80s when EQ wasn't so popular. But it's just a way of thinking emotions are simple and they're complex. And if you 
put them together, um, you get other emotions. You know, if I'm angry and I'm anticipating something, I might become aggressive. Or joy and trust is love, right? So it makes sense. Uh, there's maths in, in emotions. Uh, but we can have really intense emotions like rage or just mild annoyance. Right? So we also need to be conscious of how strong is this emotion? What do I need to do to deal with it? Okay, so we've got a poll now. So I want you to listen very carefully here because um, there's some emotions and I want you to remember all emotions are trying to help you, right? All emotions are trying to help you. Um, so there's no good or bad emotions, but there's some emotions that if we don't handle them well, they do not serve us. We react in a way that doesn't serve us well. So what are the emotions? Choose one emotion that if you don't handle that emotion well, you react in a way that is not serving you. Um, so it's just tuning in to, to what's going on with me and why do I behave in some ways at some stages? Um, if I don't, you know, take a pause and tune into myself. So 81% um, of people have um, responded. I love Dipti and Sunakshi and Sadhana are just typing right there in the chat. I'm not, I'm sharing. So Sangeet is saying. Uh, sorry, I don't yeah. have a poll though. That's why we typed on the chat. Oh, you didn't get the poll, but other people are responding. This is sinister. Um, what's happening at Zoom? Maybe it's behind something. Maybe if you've got multiple windows open. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm just curious. So so far, we've got eighty-seven percent. What's happened to the other people? Shall we close the poll? So you can see. And many of you say anger, over almost three quarters of you say anger and another 25% are saying fear and sometimes sadness. Yeah, 3% are saying sadness, it can, I can't move. I'm, you know, and at certain times, especially when we're grieving, I can't move, I can't make myself do anything. And in those situations of extreme sadness, you know, we, we need time to just process the sadness. Um, and people often say, oh, move out, you know, you go get up, do something. No, sometimes we need to be sad to just work through those situations. I've noticed no one said happiness. And sometimes happiness, if we don't register, we can start doing things uh, that don't really serve as well either. Like, you know, I feel really happy. Let me just go and buy that new Gucci handbag or something. Um, but yeah, typically it's anger and fear. And anger is very obvious. Um, it's very obvious, right? We all know when we're feeling angry. Fear can be kind of surreptitious. And I know once I was talk talking to a coach and um, he said, you're afraid to do this. You're afraid to put yourself out there. I said, no, I'm not afraid. But I, I actually was. <laughs> I was scared of, you know, should I take this job? Should I take that promotion? Should I move to that country? Um, so, but fear comes up when, oh, I'm lacking confidence. Should I, what could go wrong? And women tend to overthink, right? Women often overthink. We have a more active brain than men, 30% more active brain than men's brains. But we tragically use that to second guess ourselves. Uh, so that's one takeaway, ladies. Stop the overthinking, start the action. Okay? So like you said, anger. Anger is one of those emotions that if we don't just tune into it, 
and think, why is this coming up? What's the best thing to do in this situation? It can hurt us. And when I say anger, I mean when we react. I'm not saying anger that can all positive, you know, um, effectively. Anger can be a very effective um, means to galvanize us to action. Talk about anger when we just react. Oh, I'm so angry with that person. I'm so angry with my son. He's not done his homework. I'm so angry with my boss. They didn't, you know, put me up for promotion, whatever it is. But if we show the anger, it hurts us for, uh, others first, right? It hurts others because because, oh my goodness, what's happened? I've done something wrong. You're angry at someone typically or at a situation and it comes out and other people get worried. But then it hurts you because you realize that's really about me. It's, it's generated by me. Uh, I'll give you an example. So, and, and think of your own examples when you've got angry and shown the anger without being conscious of showing it. Um, very it's very embarrassing but I remember I used to lead a team and one of my values is uh, freedom so I like to give people freedom to do things but I you know and I say oh, can you just run this campaign you know we need to target um, providers in Africa can you put the campaign together so to me that would be enough and I'd be happy with that um, but I realized when I got the work back that they didn't have enough context, didn't know what I was expecting. Uh, and I was disappointed, right? And I'd get angry. Um, and I realized that's my fault. I've not given them enough information for them to do that work effectively. Or even worse, I wasn't clear myself what I was expecting. So that's an example of anger when it doesn't serve and fear. Fear, I think we all can relate to this, holding back, not speaking up. What if someone thinks I say something stupid? What if people already know this? You know, think of the times when you don't speak up, or you don't share, or you don't put your hand up for the opportunity, or I might not be able to do it. Yeah, you, you definitely won't be able to do it if you don't put your hand up for it. So, um, yeah, fear is what, you know, Sheryl Sandberg talks about a Facebook, what would you do if you weren't afraid? It's all over the wall. What would you do if you weren't afraid? Um, so just move on it and start doing these little things that are a bit challenging to build your confidence. So I'm, I'm on my soapbox now, but it's, it's just one of those things that often we don't even recognize, oh, I'm actually afraid here. It's okay, let me accept I'm afraid, what's the worst that could happen? Let me prepare, I know I can handle this baby steps and um and that's how we grow our confidence right so i just will soon be going into a breakout room but how do you you think of those situations when you just you know ooh, let's think about anger so angry or, or i'm so afraid i can't even move just think of any intense emotion how do, we can't process emotions unless we bring them down in intensity we just can't um, so how do you reduce intense emotions? What are some of the things you do? Just type in the chat. Uh, keep your poker face. So go to acting class. So just, so one of the things is to keep your poker face whilst you're feeling intense rage. And just tune into that intense rage. And just say, you know, I'm feeling really intense rage at the moment, but I'm just gonna keep my poker face on, right? So yeah, uh, gosh, there's so many, there's so many fantastic uh, comments here. 
just um, get, trying to get back to the poker face. But yeah, take it. So breathe, take a break, take a time out, sleep on it. Absolutely. Yeah, pause, hit the pause button. Absolutely take the deep breaths, take a time out. So you have to distract yourself, right? Take a time out, get away from that situation. Walk away from the situation. Take a walk, breathe, talk myself out of it. Yeah, talk myself out of it. Take a break, breathe, just to become aware of it and sit with it, absolutely. And the times I've been intensely angry and I've just said, Andrea, you're feeling really angry now. Just tune into that. And I just thought, how ridiculous are you being? Um, yeah, so break, my eyes say it all. So Anisha's, I think essentially her poker face doesn't work. She needs to get some dark glasses. But practice does improve, right? Turn off the video camera. <laughs> so Sage, <Sajor>, yeah. <laughs> pause, pause, take a five-minute break. You can't. Anisha's saying I can't do much. So we've got to train to do what, what's going to help us best. Sometimes visualization. Uh, distract yourself momentarily, right? Isolate yourself, breathe. Go to the balcony. I'm going to go to the balcony. That's got a different meaning in some cultures. Um, be by myself. Take a step back. Okay, take a break. Become silent. Yeah, just stop interacting. Absolutely. And you've all had those situations when someone's triggered you with um, an email that you think is hugely unjust and you're just <laughs> banging away to them. Just stop. Okay, I'm going to have to, gosh, there's so many great suggestions, so we'll capture those. Just breathe, name it, name it to tame it. I'm feeling intense anger right now. Create a distraction like you do with little children. Oh, let me go and listen to the music. Let me put on a funny video. Let me go for a walk. Let me chat to a friend. Visualize, like visualize my poker face. Visualize I'm an iceberg. I'm cooling down. Just be curious. Why am I feeling this intense emotion? Write it down. If you write it down, it, it automatically reduces it. Sleep on it, like you said. Long-term meditation helps. What you need to remember is uh, stress. It's very hard to be emotionally intelligent if you're feeling stressed. So long-term stress, ladies, really start to take time for yourself. Do things that give you joy. It makes you more able to handle tricky situations. But all of these are great tips that you shared. You've just got to do it. And you've got to remember that in emotions, there is data. I've got to look for the data. My, you know, the example I gave before, if I'm angry, why am I angry? Because I didn't actually give enough information to that colleague to do that work well, right? I didn't tell my driver to come 10 minutes before because I know he's always late. So why it's your fault? There's data in the emotion. Analyze the data, right? There's data in the fear. Well, I don't want to look a fool if I say something and it doesn't make sense. Okay, so what am I going to do with that? I'm going to prepare more. I'm going to read up more. I'm going to speak when I know I need to speak, okay? So what I want you to do in your breakout rooms is think about scenarios that you find challenging. And typical scenarios are bosses that annoy you for whatever reason, or people who micromanage you, or people don't give you the breaks that you want. So what's the emotion you feel in that situation? Uh, and what's the data telling you? So you have to really think, you know, I'm really annoyed in that situation. Um, my boss doesn't give me the projects I want. Now, what's the data there? Does my boss know I want this project? Have I shown the right competence? Have I actually 
proactively asked for that. So what does the insight, when you, when you analyze the data, what's the insight that you get? So that's your two things, two questions. Think of a challenging scenario um, and we'll be going into breakout rooms. Any questions before we go into the breakout room? Um, I'm going to ask that question after Keetana, the circle of anger, when emotions are contagious, right? Like you say, so I'll answer that afterwards. Um, okay, there's some great questions here. Um, but I'm going to ask you to go to the breakout. Do you want me to answer those questions now? So but emotions are contagious, it's your choice. Do I take on that anger or not? Right? It's, my, it's my choice. I don't need to take on someone's anger. And often we do that. You think, oh, my husband's annoyed. Oh, I'm going to be annoyed. How's that helpful? So, you know, ask, I sense you're really annoyed in right now, husband. Tell me, what's it about? Talk to me. Um, it's your choice. Do I continue that or do I choose not to? And that's really important as a leader. We can't just take, you know, people will get angry above us. Do we pass on to No, we can't do that. So I have to stop that and step up and be the optimistic upbeat leader you want to be. If someone's intimidating you, again, it's your choice. Uh, unless there's a real threat, I mean, I'm thinking this is someone who intimidates you for a different reason. It's my choice. Am I going to be intimidated? No, I'm going to just step up to it. Um, that's my only suggestion. If other people have got other suggestions, type it into the chat. There's so many times people have tried to intimidate me, and I'm sure many other people. Um, <laughs> okay, we're going to have to go to the breakout rooms. These are great questions. We'll come back to them, I promise. Yes. Um, sorry, over to you. Do you want to say, Vishwani? Yes, I was just telling everyone who hasn't been part of a breakout room before that you're, you're probably getting like a pop-up. You're going to join a breakout room. Try and make a note of your number. So in case you drop off because of a network uh, issue, uh, you come back to the main room and we can straight away put you back in. And Identify the emotions and the data. Are there a set of questions we ask ourselves? Uh, that's a very good question, Sonia. Um, so just curious, tell me more. What makes you feel that way? What makes you think that? What's the objective evidence? If you ask someone else, would they say the same thing? Um, so we've got to try and put our objective glasses on in these situations. Where's the evidence for that? Where's the objective evidence for this? And again, as I said, women are very, typically very, very self-critical and other people aren't seeing what you're seeing. So just get a third party to, to chime in. Um, but typically, you know, is that really objective? Would I, if I ask someone else, would they say that too? Um, if you stay longer in any role, expectations become higher or lower, become higher. So how would you speak up your mind as your job relationship really became precious to me and you're afraid of losing that? Um, I don't understand that question. I'm sorry, Kushbu. We're gonna come back at the end to that, if that's okay. Can we take a note of that? Because I'm not quite sure. Um, I don't get that. I'll just take this last question now. Professionally, it's easier, it's relatively easier to show restraint from showing emotions or anger, frustration. But how do you manage it at home? Who, yes, I feel like we get a free pass at expressing emotions. Absolutely. We really take it out on the people we love the most. Okay. 
my top tip is have some me time because you'll come back more refreshed and more positive and optimistic. I can't tell you, I've been through all this young kids, demanding job, feeling guilty. I'm not spending time with the kids. I'm not doing a good enough job at work, blah, 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 all this like negative self-talk. And then I took a day, I said, oh, God, can I go for a retreat? No, I can't go for a retreat. I went for a retreat for one day and I came back so much more pleasant to be around. So we need to snatch those self time, those me time moments, right? Uh, just try and do that because you're not serving anyone when you're, you're serving yourself up. It's like a quarter of a full glass, right? Okay, let's move on. Um, great questions, ladies. Um, Self-management, the thing that is challenging for so many of us, this is it. We have to think, we're all intelligent, what's the best thing to do in this situation? Not the best thing for the other person, the best thing for me and the other person, bearing in mind the greater good of, you know, what are we trying to achieve together in this situation? Think that through and then do it. Do it in the way that's going to be most effective. And that is the challenge. Do it with a sense of this is going to be for the best. I know we can make a change. I know I can make a difference. I know this is going to be okay, right? What's the worst that can happen? Um, I hope that makes sense because this is the crux. But when we're triggered, hit pause. Hit pause. Think of yourself hitting pause. Take a second. And I meant to ask you this right at the very beginning. Bring to mind a situation where you felt empowered, powerful, satisfied, achieved something, happy, anything that's very positive for you. Just bring that memory back and breathe in that feeling that comes with that memory. It can be anything, climbing a hill, finishing some tough work, um, whatever it is. Bring that to, to mind where you felt empowered. Hit pause, because if we don't, our emotional brain takes over, all the neurons running around take over because those signals hit our emotional brain first and it takes time to hit our rational brain. That's why we have to hit pause. Let that data get to my brain, my rational brain so I can process it. Because in that space between the trigger, the stimulus and the response, there's a space that's our power. It's our power to choose who we want to be, okay? I'm gonna show you this because it's very, very important. It's global EQ scores. There's two data uh, points, two demographics in this data. 100 is the global average of EQ competencies. I've shared what the competencies are, self-awareness, being aware of your emotions and behavior. You can see the orange is higher, the blue is lower. Thinking, responding. You can see the orange is very high, thinking things through, processing the data. So the orange demographic is much higher. Then it plummets, doing what they know to do. The orange data plummets. But the blue demographic rises. What does the orange line represent and what does the blue line represent? Orange is which demographic? Absolutely, Anisha. Orange is women. Women 
think really well. I know what to do in this situation. This is going to be the best in this situation. This is going to serve the situation best. And then massive drop, massive drop globally. Four points, four percentage points, or four you know points on the scale. Massive drop. Um, tips to build self-control is just stop what's going to be the best in this situation. And we're going to practice a technique called the when-then technique. So remember this. Remember this. Women know what to do. They don't do it globally. Men clueless, but somehow they know what to do in a situation. Let's bridge that gap and keep the respond up with the thinking. Another data point, this time for all Indians. The whole of India, very emotionally intelligent Indians, super great at thinking, same trajectory, not responding. For, you know, obviously there's cultural societal expectations, but not responding, right? So that's a double whammy. Learn to use your thinking power to respond in a way that serves you best. Okay, so use the space, choose optimism, You've got to, you can only control yourself. You can't control other people. You can try and influence them. The bad boss, you can try and influence them, but you can only control yourself. So preserve yourself, preserve your professionalism, handle every situation with optimism and an upbeat, positive attitude, connect to this, you know, my core values, my wholeness, my freeness. I can say what I want in a very professional manner. So connecting to that what makes you you what makes you your best right lego is what's a constructive step i can take now how can i build to make this a better situation what's a lego deploy the when then technique okay so we're going to practice this in groups the when then technique you've got to think ahead to the situations that trigger you to react in a way that you don't that doesn't serve you okay so when my boss starts micromanaging me, then I'm gonna say, oh, actually, you know, I know you've got other important things to do. I'm, I'm really on top of this. I'll, I'll come back and check in with you, give you an update um, tomorrow evening, yeah? You know, so we have to think of when that happens, then I'm gonna do this. But we've got to prep beforehand and keep repeating it so that it becomes routine behavior. Uh, and I coached a very quick question. I coached someone, super performer, loved customers, hated anyone who didn't think customer first. <laughs> and what he'd do in a meeting was, if someone wasn't thinking from the customer's perspective, he'd, he'd challenge them. If they still didn't get it, he'd, he'd either get really angry or he'd just switch off and go and do his email. So I said, how's that helping the customer? So when someone doesn't think customer first, then I'm gonna say, look, can we just work through how this is serving the customer and keep at it in a positive and relentless manner, right? So you have to think when this happens, then I'm gonna do that and really program it in your brain so that you start behaving that way. It's not overnight, it takes practice. What, you know, think my verbals, my non-verbals, what am I gonna say? How am I gonna say it? So this is what we're gonna do in our, in our breakout rooms now. 
think of the situation. You know, people talked about bosses who, um, who are toxic, people who speak over them in meetings. When that happens, then I'm going to do this. So I'm going to use a really calm, constructive tone of voice and say, hey, you know, I've not finished. Can I just finish? And then obviously I'll hand over to you. But you come up with the when then techniques that are going to work for you. Okay. How are you going to say what you're going to say? So can we go into the breakout rooms and do this? Is this all okay, everyone? When, then. So that you program yourself to respond in a way that's going to serve you best. Oh, what am I saying? I'm writing a book. I'm working with uh, technology leaders. I'm living my purpose because this is what's meaningful to me. So what's meaningful to you? It's not just about this project or that project. It's about the the kind of underlying purpose that's always going to be there. You might never fully fulfill it. But what, what do I want to give to the world? What do I want my legacy to be? And if you don't know what your values are, there's a handy free survey there. But question, am I living my values? Am I in an environment where I can live my values? You know, if my value is to be open and honest, and I'm in an organization that just really doesn't like openness and honesty and transparency, it's, it's going to take a toll on, on me mentally, physically, <laughs> emotionally. I won't be at my best. And that's where we have to make tougher decisions, right? We've talked about the awareness of others. If we're aware of ourselves, we've got a much better chance of being aware of others. Just take that moment to question, you know, listen, observe them. What could be going on with that person? So often we, we assume things that are just not right. We assume a lot from a, a, a quick glance of the face. Just take a time to be curious. So what's happening for you? What's really important for you at the moment? What are you finding most challenging at the moment? Understand where they, where they are before you, you know, allocate assumptions to them. Oh, they're rude. They don't understand. They're not helpful. No, just try and understand where they're coming from. There's usually a reason. Um, like I said this many times, interactions with others, what is going to be most helpful with that person? You know the kind of different people there are uh, in the world, you know, there's task-driven people, there's people people, there's very data-driven, methodical people, and there's ideas people. What is, what does this person need? What motivates that person? And what's the bigger picture that we both want in this discussion, right? There's usually something we can align on uh, and then take steps towards that. So build trust, you know, do the things you're going to do. Listen to people, deliver when you say you're going to deliver, keep the secrets, all the good things that we know what to do to build trust. But the key interactions with others, what's the common ground? Have I earned the trust of the other person? So spend time nurturing relationships. Um, easier said than done, it all takes time. Um, but that's something uh, to think about doing, show gratitude, say thank you to people, acknowledge people when they've helped you. That goes a long way. Um, so I've rushed you in case you've got other questions, but where do you wanna focus some of your energy? What's gonna make the most difference to you and how people experience you and how you feel about yourself? So what's gonna be most important for you? So this is a poll. Um, 
And where do you want to focus some effort? Is it on building even more awareness or really practicing that think and respond, tune in, be optimistic, the self-management part or the self-leadership or being aware of what's going on with that other person. Let me just be really curious and understand them before uh, I launch into my perspective on things. Are we launching the poll? Uh, or is it just building relationships and building trust with people? So this is, I want you to commit to make, to take an action within one of these five areas. Um, I don't think we've got final poll. Just type in the chat then, which area do you want to work on? Um, okay, I'm just looking at B, C, B, B, C, E, B, yeah, so a lot of self-management. I think this is the area that if we can, and it's a combo, right? Managing myself also is about understanding the other person and what's going on, the social awareness, wanting to build the relationships, right? Tuning into what's triggering me. So that they don't really all work in isolation, but we, especially that managing myself, because it's usually in relationship to another person, right? That where we don't show up or a situation and we take something out on someone else. So just take the pause, press pause, momentarily in that moment, decide who you want to be. I choose, I wanna be my best. But the when then techniques helps, pro helps program that in your brain. So I'd really recommend you doing that. Um, any final questions? Any final questions? Are there any questions I missed? Uh, I'm just gonna share some questions that came in that I've not necessarily answered from uh, the, the uh, people who sent questions in earlier. Um, one is about showing too much empathy. I think we covered that, right? Just be conscious if you're being overly empathetic, it's, it's uh, probably not serving you or the other person. Um, I think we answered that question about vulnerability, right? We answered that. There was a question here about, can I empathize without showing too much vulnerability? So empathy is just putting yourself in their shoes. Um, vulnerability is, is, is opening up something that uh, maybe people could use against you, right? So we have to judge the quality of our relationships before we show our vulnerability, but uh, often showing vulnerability wins trust. Right. Uh, any other questions, ladies? I think we have two in okay. the chat box, uh, Andrea. Okay, how should we deal with our emotions in the situations we don't have control on? Um, and it'd be good to have an example. So we don't have control in, in many situations. So we don't have control. I'm thinking in a meeting, you know, one of the worst situations are you're in a meeting with your seniors and one of them kind of lashes out at you. Um, lots, it, it's quite situational um, and you have to then think about what's the best thing to do in this situation. Is it just to sit there and take it? Um, because other people might be thinking that's totally unwarranted, that's really bad leadership from the other person. So we just have to gauge, and sometimes it's just best to say nothing in that situation because that might fuel their anger. 
Uh, and, you know, anyone who's worked in sales will know if you've got an angry customer, don't interrupt them. Um, just let them have it out. And then often they'll apologize for their behavior. Um, I would just try and be, I mean, without the context, it's hard to say, but people like to be around upbeat, positive people. I'm just going to share one story because it sticks out in my head so much. I remember my first ever boss was truly possibly the worst boss you could have, wasn't interested in me, didn't give me work to do, was rude to other people, and, but he had one favorite. And what I recognized from this manager's favorite person was the favorite person was always upbeat, not fawning or sycophantic, but just genuinely positive and try to put a positive spin on things. Um, and that is a good kind of um, approach to take. But again, you've got to watch out for the other person. How are they going to react to this? Uh, Anushruti saying, I feel the self-awareness is very high, so much so that self-management gets neglected. Absolutely. So we can be so, that's what I said at the beginning, I'm so emotionally intelligent, but I was very aware of what I was feeling and what the other person was feeling. But it wasn't the best thing for me not to challenge that other person. And that's especially the case if you get slightly passive aggressive people you're dealing with. We start modifying our behavior because we know they don't want us to behave in the way we were going to behave. And that's not helpful for you or them. So with, with slightly passive aggressive people, be very professional. Don't give them any leeway to wriggle out of things. Just treat them as you would any other professional. Um, what is the role of giving benefit of the doubt always? Is it being empathetic? Um, well, I think you're constantly giving someone the benefit of the doubt and they're constantly disappointing you. Um, I mean, what would you do, ladies? You'd probably say it's time to cut my losses and say goodbye. Um, you can give the benefit of the doubt once or twice, three times, and then have the conversation each time that, you know, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt here. This is what I want to see in the future. Oh, you know, we're aligned, right? Because this is important for you to deliver on this. Um, how can we move from think to respond stage quickly? Practice, practice. Typically, it's social conditioning that stops us from responding in the way that's best for us, right? And it may be true that in, in you know, let's take an example. We've got a male boss. Um, we know we have to challenge the male boss. Society might say, you don't challenge a male boss or indeed a boss. So is that person open to being challenged? Am I in a culture that promotes challenging respectfully? for the greater good, right? Uh, if we're not, then we have to tread carefully uh, and we have to express ourselves really carefully. Um, so, so there's many moving parts in that scenario. And I'm, I'm even losing the track of my thought now, think to respond. So just take a moment and, and you have to think, what's the best thing to do in this situation? We can prep ourselves uh, and sometimes having a prep sentence like, oh, that's a really interesting point you make. So just churning that out every time or something along those lines gives us a bit of time to regroup and say, you know, I'm wondering, is that data really saying that? So can we do two trials here instead of just put all our eggs in one basket, right? So having a set phrase and taking a bit of time to say it <laughs> gives you time to 
collect your thoughts and respond. And always, if, if, you, if you're in doubt, think curiosity. Oh, tell me more, that's an interesting perspective. I hadn't thought of that. But you've got to be genuinely interested. Not, oh, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Hi, I, um, okay, anything else? Are we good? I'm just realizing it's 7.30. Is it? It is. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. <laughs> But thank you so much, Andrea. In case anyone does have, I know you might all have a bunch of questions, but um, hopefully Andrea has covered quite a few. And yeah, this was super insightful. You're, I think you're on, I can't hear you, Andrea. No, no, I wasn't saying, I was just saying there's some resources oh, as well. Okay. I wasn't speaking. We, she has been kind <laughs> enough um, to share some tips, which we will be emailing you after the session. And yes, the recording will be available as well. Uh, not the breakout rooms, we don't record those. Um, so yeah, you can tune in on the app. And members, you were great. Andrea, you obviously were great as always. And thank you so much, everyone. We'll see you for the next one. Take care. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thanks a lot, ladies. Lovely to see you. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope it was helpful.